Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Outkick 360 is back, and we are live from the 6th and Peabody Studios with Yeehaw Beer, Old Smoky Moonshine, alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Lance Lee is back as well, alongside Jacob Swanson. And David Reed is the chairman of the board, making the show happen for us. Ellie Sylvia, our production assistant. Sleepy Danny, making it happen double duty this week with Becca Risley having a well-deserved week off. Gentlemen, good afternoon. This is a we are back type day, like a pronouncement type day of being back. It's this show's last day in Nashville in our studio here. Not for good, just for this week. We'll be in Knoxville starting tomorrow. Big outkick, uh, pre-party with Outkick 360 and after party at Uptown Bar and Grill. Guys, I'm excited to be here with you. I am excited that it is now September. Football season is upon us. And I'm pumped up about it. Primary complaint coming up in 45 minutes. John McLean is on today's show at 3 o'clock Central Time. We will also be joined by Dan Helley of Fox and a host of the Helipad. Uh, and the Helipod, excuse me. He's on the show today. That is at 4.15. Looking forward to that and much more. September is here. College football is back. And we are live in Knoxville tomorrow and Friday. Cannot wait for this. And Chad, I can't wait for the OutKick parties that will be taking place on Thursday and Friday through Fox and OutKick. Parties, parties. plural, that's important. Yep. We're gonna show you a graphic right now about those parties. We are going to be in Knoxville tomorrow with OutKick 360, three to 6 p.m. Eastern time, Friday as well. We're at Uptown Bar and Grill. We're gonna have some merchandise to give away. We've got a charitable element to this as well. If you wanna give a $25 plus donation to the Waverly football team and their flood relief efforts, you're going to get an Outkick t-shirt, $50 plus cash donations. We'll get you a wristband, VIP access to the after party, which will also be at Uptown Bar and Grill, which gets you free drinks at the after party. We are going to have a big time. It is a, sort of a late night kickoff in the Eastern time zone, 8 p.m. Eastern for Tennessee Bowling Green. We are going right back to Uptown Bar and Grill post game. It's going to be a big day and a big night with Outkick with the start of college football season, and we hope to see a lot of you there. I'm jealous to be missing it. I am going to FaceTime you guys, and you're going to, I'm sure, leave your phone in your pocket and uh, not answer my calls, and it will sadden me. We will not answer our calls. <laughs> I will go ahead and tell you that's not going to happen. I'll give it a shot. Yeah. Lance Lee and Jakob Swanson are making the trip with us as well. Uh, they've already... They've been packing all morning. Lance walked in right before the show started because he's been packing up gear uh, as we take uh, Outkick 360 on the road. They're a mobile enterprise. Lance is very... Uh, Lance, are you taking more or less than what you brought here to 6th and Peabody for the NCAA watch party? Mm. Equal. Equal, Equal amount, amount of equipment, huh? which means... That's a lot. 
We'll take the whole show with us, is what that means. Well, it, what it means is we'll do it live. <laughs> That's what it means. We did it live for the March Madness party, and by God, we'll do it live again in Knoxville. That's what that means. 360 parlay coming up as well. Looking forward to that. I uh, blew it last night badly, 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 badly. Well, I'm going back to the well with uh, the Yankees. The parlay's on me. I've got that coming up, but I'll, I'll tease it a bit. The, the Yankees are getting a win tonight. They say don't bet um, against a streak. You're betting against a streak. It's yeah. hard to believe they're on a four-game losing streak after they won 13 in a row. You also, interestingly, over the weekend, bet against a huge streak for, for Baltimore. You just bet straight up for Washington to win that preseason game. So you're not afraid to bet against the streak. I don't believe in jinxes or uh, theories that you don't bet against the streak. I mean, the streak is just a a win streak where the Yankees are the better team. They should win tonight. That's what I'm thinking. They should win tonight. They should have won last night. They're giving up too many home runs. We'll get into the the parlay coming up. Also, roster moves, practice squads, uh, and much more. Uh, That's straight ahead. We start, though, with uh, the moves. Uh, Yesterday, I brought up the fact that the, the one thing that nobody was talking about at the time, they are now is Cam Newton was cut in part because he's not vaccinated. And it it makes too much sense from a team perspective to bring in a backup quarterback who is vaccinated to uh, specify and stick within the protocols of what the NFL requires and what you can't do and can do uh, as an unvaccinated player and your availability for contact tracing. It has has nothing to do with actually contracting the virus. It's just contact tracing if you're around it. And, and you break protocols, getting tested at the wrong spot, as Cam Newton did, you're out for five days, even though you're negative for COVID-19. Uh, it's, it's crazy to think about, but that's what the NFL has to consider. Uh, NFL teams are having to consider right now. Urban Meyer told the truth. And, and now media-wise and NFL-wise, he's being punished for it, for speaking the truth. Meanwhile, Bill Belichick stood up at the podium and straight up lied to the media and, and said that the, the vaccination policy had nothing to do with the decision, which is just a straight lie. Can we all agree on that? If yes. Urban Meyer is telling the truth, Bill Belichick is lying. Urban lying. Meyer is absolutely telling the truth. I'm not an Urban Meyer guy at all, but he's just stating the obvious. And I think this, this uh, contempt for him stating the obvious to the point that the Jaguars had to release a statement today trying to beep, 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 go back on him stating the obvious, an honest, obvious point is, is ridiculous. There's no way it doesn't factor in. And it's because of the NFL's own rules that it factors in. If you don't want it to factor in, then don't create rules that make right. it obvious why you would prefer uh, your, your backups to be vaccinated as opposed to not vaccinated. It's a common sense issue. It's not some kind of, uh, it's not some kind of uh, punishment. It's just uh, we're using the rules. Well, here's, here's my biggest issue. It's definitely not with Urban Meyer, who is telling the truth, and I applaud his candor in this and the fact that he would come out and say it where other coaches aren't saying it because it is the truth. Here's also the truth. This was created by the league and the NFLPA to make it very difficult on those who are unvaccinated and to encourage people to get vaccinated. You are also making it difficult on decision makers to reward those who are unvaccinated with things like contracts with short notice and cuts and other things like this. So for the NFLPA to now launch some sort of investigation or have questions about what Urban Meyer is saying, you helped create this system that allows for this. I don't understand what they're looking into 
because well, they're been, the one they're in part responsible for what's going they, on. They have colluded behind the scenes and released a statement yesterday saying that the vaccination policy would not cause more players, unvaccinated players, to get cut, which again, common sense tells you it's easier on the team to keep the vaccinated player based on protocol. If you're not a starter, you're not making the roster, period. As, a, as an unvaccinated guy, no. If you're not a contributor, you do, you're, uh, you're not getting the chance to even try out. Look, you've got to be top end of the roster to survive unvaccinated, right? You've you got to be a guy that they have to have. If they don't have to have you, then you better be vaccinated. Yeah, Lamar Jackson is fine. He's going to be safe in Baltimore. That's, that's the example of an unvaccinated player. Your top line of the depth chart, top line of the depth chart or in a nickel or dime package, a three wide, a, a two tight, you know, so, somewhere you, you've got to have a role. If you're a backup player who plays special teams, guess what? They can do just as well with a vaccinated guy who's not going to cause them problems or be at the heart of, a, of, a, of an outbreak. Well, and it's not even about whether or not you agree with the policy or it, we're, we're basing, I'm basing this off of from a Patriots perspective, why on earth, any, any NFL team, why would you have an unvaccinated player based on the policy that's in place, whether or not you agree with it or not? Uh, why would you have an unvaccinated backup quarterback at all? because of the availability factor and knowing that the contact tracing at minimum is keeping them out five days. So if something happens with your backup on a Thursday, they're not going to be available for you home or away game on the Sunday kickoff. You can't afford to risk that week to week in the league. Uh, and, and that played a huge factor in why Cam Newton's not the backup quarterback for the New England Patriots. Yeah, and this is not a, we're not trying to have a discussion on uh, vaccination versus not getting vaccinated and what's the right thing to do and all that. But the policies dictate that if you are vaccinated, you're going to have privileges that unvaccinated players are not going to get. And this is where we get into free commerce and private business and things that they are allowed to do. The NFL is not saying that you have to get vaccinated, but what they're doing is by natural selection, it's actually unnatural selection <laughs> because they've created this on their own, right. but by unnatural selection, they're making life hell on those who aren't vaccinated. And if you have a strong stance against this vaccination or whatever your reasoning is, you don't have to get it. But the NFL also does not have to keep you around if you're a borderline player. That is the message being sent. That's exactly what Urban Meyer is saying, and he's being honest with that. I have no problem with it. My only issue with this is if you're the NFLPA and you signed off on these protocols, you can't come in after the fact because a coach dares to be honest about factoring that in which all of these coaches and gms have to factor that in you can't get mad that they're actually honest about it also we haven't mentioned this in our conversations there's some hefty fines going around the bills isaiah mckenzie got fined fourteen thousand six hundred fifty dollars that's a decent chunk of change Did we hit this last week oh okay i, I, you I might here. not have been here and he said you got me so what they got was what they wanted they prompted a guy to get vaccinated. He got fined because he wasn't following the protocols for an unvaccinated guy, which calls for a lot more than an unvaccinated guy well, in terms have, of masking and distance and all that They stuff. fined, what, upwards of 100 players around the league for this? Yeah, hundreds of thousands of dollars in total. And only the we only know of the players who have openly, in Isaiah and, McKenzie's place. He, uh, Cole Beasley. He actually tweeted the letter. Cole Beasley retweeted Isaiah McKenzie and said, yeah, me got too, me bro. too. Yeah. And he took five steps into the facility without his mask on and was fined 15 grand. Yeah, he just wants to burn cash. I mean, look, they're, to make his point. This is, they're looking for a reason to get you. 
It's very clear. If you're not vaccinated, the NFL and everyone else is looking for a reason to out you. This is, this is what's laid out there. You can argue whether that's fair or not for vaccinated versus unvaccinated, all of that. The facts are facts. It's much more difficult well, in the NFL if you're unvaccinated. Also, it's that simple. as a media, why is the NFL media surprised at what Urban Meyer said? When we've been discussing yeah, this as this topics is, for months. This is one of those things the, where the they're looking where to be. Urban Meyer says his team considered players vaccination status in today's final cuts as if it's some bold statement. To me, it's common sense from a team's perspective to make this decision. It, it is the it, based on the protocols in place. It is a it is a big competitive advantage. The story should be the, the reverse. Season. The story should be uh, a, a, an uproar, if you will, about Bill Belichick indicating it isn't. That's the lie here. That's the false thing. Why would people fall in line with Belichick saying, oh, yeah, it didn't have anything to do with because Cam Newton. Ha- that, I think the majority BS. of the media is willing to do along. whatever the NFL wants them to say. They're willing to go along and with it because they're all partnered with the league. And certainly with a powerful head coach. Here's another weird... Well, can, I, can I give my yeah. uh, two cents on, on what I think the reaction from the media means? It means that they don't like Urban Meyer. Because if Andy Reid said this, people wouldn't have as big of an objection no, to true. it. He's the new guy on the block. NFL media already has it out for Urban Meyer because he's the college guy who came in a little bit brash, saying things differently, having problems with league protocol and the way things are done in the NFL. You may not agree and with it, but I think even if the media doesn't state it or they're not outwardly acknowledging it, they have an issue with Urban Meyer going in. So suddenly when Urban Meyer dares to be completely honest with the media, which by the way is what we in the media absolutely want at all times, the media then turns it into, boy, Urban Meyer once again doesn't understand the NFL because he just opened himself up to a possible lawsuit because now those guys who got cut that are unvaccinated, they've got a grievance. They can file that with NFLPA. By the way, and Urban Meyer, not knowing the league and not understanding how things work, he's put his team in a, in a liability spot. What do we want? Do we want them to be honest with answers when you ask them something or to just give you the same can response they always do? There have been multiple lawyers, including Michael McCann of McCann Sports Law, who have tweeted out that a case against Meyer uh, would, not, would, would be extremely no hard to win. In this case, and he tweeted out today, he said the vaccine status, as if it matters in cuts, would be tough. CBA preempts most lawsuits. Claims go to grievance. Because you've signed on. NFLPA agreed to vaccine rules. So if the the players are upset with it, blame the association first. Unvaccinated people aren't in a class protected by law, and unvaccinated players may become less available. That from Michael McCann, saying that for those that are acting as if they're going to sue or claim a lawsuit over, uh, over whatever Urban Meyer had to say about the roster statuses, it's going to be extremely hard to win that case. Here, here are two other things about the media reaction. One, uh, too much media tends to just fall in line with the, what the popular early reaction is. And two, tell me if you guys think I'm wrong. I know you will. I think maybe even on some subconscious level, This part isn't on a subconscious level. The media is scared to death of the access thing, right? Access is going away. It doesn't matter. It's going away either way. Right. Either way, they're losing. Either way, they're losing. But I think there's a share of the media that maybe on a subconscious level or maybe on a conscious level is scared of further rocking the boat to give them more reasons to never give the access back. 
people like me are going to keep doing what we're doing and take our chances. I don't think we're getting it back, and I don't think anything I do is going to help us get it back. But you know, take my chances. But there are some other people who maybe are more timid who think, man, you know, if we cut them a break on this, maybe they'll, they'll be more likely to, to let us back in if we make less noise. Let me give you my hypothesis on this also with media. I think media more than ever right now wants to be liked by other media members. And that's why you get a lot of groupthink. And I think yes. part of this is because there is a backlash in the last five or six years against media of all kinds. And when the media feels ganged up against, yeah, they tend friends. to lock arms and defend each other and try to agree with other media members. And I don't think that's good. I don't think that's healthy. But I do think that there are a lot of media members who are afraid to step out there and give their honest opinion on things. And even if they're not fully in on an opinion or a thought, they tend to lean towards groupthink with what other media members are saying. And I think part of that is just natural human psychology that people want to be liked and they want to be liked by their peers and they want to be liked by other media members. I, I've never seen a time, Paul, where I've seen this amount of media members I feel like are just trying to get along with each other more than anything else than maybe at times stating their actual honest opinions. Well, we had a little bit of an example of that here where my thing with A.J. Brown really wasn't that big a deal but what did come out from other media wasn't any support for me when I did nothing but show a video of Josh Reynolds not looking explosive and saying so. Which, by the way, every media member in Nashville agreed with that Josh Reynolds didn't look explosive. Yeah, privately. Right, privately. Yeah. I said it publicly. I'm sure you had media members sending you a text saying, I agree with you, but they wouldn't tweet it, right? <laughs> right, and then when A.J. Brown blasted me, uh, you know, and then I initiated a conversation with A.J. Brown. Everybody made it like A.J. Brown was, you know, the guy who patched things up. Not, not oh, actually, matters. no, let's name oh, names. Oh, Joe man. Rexrode made it seem like that. Not everybody. Your yeah. friend Joe well, no, Rexrode. But a lot of that. people liked Joe Rexrode's tweet and commented on Joe Rexrode's tweet. But not everybody. Tweet. But it was, it Joe Rexrode. I, I didn't like the tweet. <laughs> no. <laughs> it, was, it was him putting it out there. But I mean, again, this, but this just but plays that, into what you're saying. Yeah, it's it's, it's everyone, safe over there together. And it also it's where has that gotten them? Though? It's majority, right? It's it's the majority rules. I'm gonna good. I'm gonna side with the majority. <laughs> I, I, mean, I think that's the point. I, I think that's what he's saying. It feels good. It feels. They good don't to ever hear. wake up in the morning feeling a little shaken up so, by something that went on. I do. So the general manager in Buffalo. Months ago, said Did that this. vaccination policy and, and w would factor into decision-making, and he was slapped on the hand for it, slapped on the wrist, and told not to say it again. That's where Urban Meyer is kind of Urban. dumb. He should have seen that and known. Urban Meyer, though, thankfully, stood up and told the truth. Meanwhile, you have a Hall of Fame coach standing behind a podium. Lying. Lying. And everyone's like, uh, did vaccination uh, status factor into Cam Newton? It did not. It, a three-word answer is, is pretended to be some honest opinion from Bill Belichick. And think Meanwhile, an honest, thoughtful response from Urban Meyer behind a podium is, you know, waving the caution flag for what not to do moving forward. And think about how many things Bill Belichick would just say, well, I'm not going to get into that. Like, he, he could have just not said anything. He could have very easily not said anything, but instead decided to lie. He says nothing about a billion questions a year. It's because Why they're told, on this one did he have to say something? Because they're told 
to say that nothing involving the vaccination policy had anything to do with roster moves it's around the league. It's akin to Todd Downing, for some reason, saying that Daniel Munyer, the third-string center in Nashville, played well in Ben Jones's absence when he should have just said nothing because Daniel Munyer, anybody with eyes, knows he didn't play well. On some things, just say nothing. Don't say something that's not true. Just say nothing. I, I think we have a real problem removing subjectivity from how we feel about people or things. And I think that is a societal problem now. Objectivity for many people is out the window. If you like something, you tend to side with it, even if you disagree with it too often. And I'll say this about Paul, your thing with AJ Brown. I think if people don't like you personally, or they don't want to fall on the bad side of Titans fans, I think 98% of Titans media agreed with you. And I think two of them supported you and they're sitting next to you right now because no one wants to do that because, well, I don't like Paul. He was rude to me one time or I don't want to be on the bad side of Titans fans or AJ Brown or, you know, politically, I don't side with this guy. So he can't say anything smart. So I'm not going to listen to anything he says. I'm, I'm going to discount everything. I, I think that's a problem across the board. And I'm going to tie this back to Urban Meyer. I think the problem is a lot of NFL media just doesn't like Urban Meyer. He's the new kid in the clubhouse. Like He's the guy who thinks he knows it all. And he said things that have ruffled some feathers. And I think if, you, if Andy Reid said that statement, it would be universal support for Andy Reid being honest. And the difference is it's Urban Meyer, so people have a problem. Well, I don't like Urban Meyer and one bit. I don't like bit. Urban Meyer either. I don't either. like Urban Meyer one bit. But what he said yesterday was completely on the level and honest. And I want honest. I want honest from the guys I hate. The guys I don't like, the guys I like, I want honest from everybody, and he gave us honest. So applause to Urban Meyer. Arthur Blank is being honest in Atlanta regarding Julio Jones. He's still upset. You can tell his feelings are hurt, the way Julio left Atlanta, the way things ended there. Uh, we'll set up what he had to say most recently uh, about Julio leaving Atlanta, and it's, an over, over, it's just uh, an umbrella piece from The Athletic on – the two franchises in Atlanta that Arthur uh, Blank owns, and they're right now really bad with Atlanta United, uh, where they are, they're on their third head coach, I believe, in 11 in months. 11 months. <laughs> That's crazy. And they just fired their general manager and head coach in Atlanta, and they are seeing guys that they paid big money to two years ago walk out the door because they don't want to be there. And that team has ridiculous That's all support. coming up, and we will discuss that. We will discuss Jimbo Fisher, the rich get richer. Jimbo Fisher is even wealthier than he was yesterday. We'll explain uh, the line of thinking. We'll try to with Texas A&M before the season even kicks off. And um, another coach who's about to cash in, we think eventually, Matt Campbell at Iowa State. Where is he going to end up? And Iowa State and the Big 12, are they in a world of hurt for keeping coaches like Matt Campbell around. We'll, we'll lay into that as well. Primary complaint, guys, is coming up in 25 minutes. John McClain joins us in 45 minutes right now. David Reed tells you how Dr. Melissa Toyos can help you look better. It's just as simple as making one phone call. We'll get to that number in a moment. But just like Dr. Rolando Toyos will help you see better with the latest technology of flapless LASIK, Dr. Melissa Toyos has the same technology available for the best in hair restoration. It's as simple as making a phone call and going by and speaking with her. She'll walk you through every step of the process. Now, this isn't the old-fashioned hair restoration that you're used to. This is no linear scar involved. Minimal scarring. It's your own natural hair they'll be putting up on top of your head, growing 
going. It looks natural. It only takes a day in the office to get this taken care of. It's 2021. You don't have to live with hair loss anymore. It starts by giving the folks over at Toyos Clinic a call. Don't let eyesight or hair growth troubles hold you back. Call 888-315-3937 to schedule your LASIK or hair restoration consultation today with Toyos Clinic. Outkick 360 coming up in 15 minutes. Primary complaint live from 6th and Peabody. Our studios here with Old Smoky Moonshine, Yeehaw Distillery and Brewery. Uh, love being here each and every day. You can join us as well. Place opens at 11 a.m. daily right here in the heart of Music City. You can send in your primary complaint, 360 at outkick.com. We'll get into that. Plus, uh, this is also uh, at 6th and Peabody where we will be um, a week from today, right? A week from today for the Fantasy Football League draft. Yes, we will gather here at 6 o'clock. You're welcome to be early. We obviously get off the air at 5 o'clock, and we will, we're not going to pause after that. We still need entries. We have intentionally left space. I am the gatekeeper here. My DMs are open on Twitter. That is the avenue to get to me. League is set. All I do is get your email address once I give you approval that I know Chad and Jonathan would join me in. I pop your email address in there. Boom, you get an email from ESPN's Fantasy League, and we're ready to go. So knock our socks off, and we'll get you in there. Let's go. Looking forward to it. Uh, again, that's coming up a week from today. Tomorrow we'll be live in Knoxville. Some special guests will join us live on site uh, from OutKick and Uptown Sports Bar and Grill. Looking forward to it. We'll be live at 3 o'clock Eastern in Knoxville at Uptown, leading up to kickoff of Tennessee and Bowling Green. We'll preview that game coming up today at 4 o'clock Central Time. Uh, right now, though, we get into Arthur Smith, uh, Arthur Smith, Arthur Blank, discussing Arthur Smith's new team without Julio Jones in Atlanta for the Falcons. Uh, in a piece, I believe Jordan Schultz wrote this. Yes. Um, for the athletic, very nice. I mean, it's a, a good Q and A with the owner for the Falcons, Arthur Blank, and you see the headline there. He opens up on deteriorating relationship with Julio Jones. Now, this isn't the entire column, it's the but head. the it's the main portion of what the, the Q and A had to do with surrounds the fact that the two franchises that Blank is a part of and that owns right now that he owns right now in the city. Um, you have Atlanta United in MLS. They fired two coaches in the last 11 months. And the large contracts are not panning out for the Falcons. And meanwhile, they're having a new general manager, a new head coach this year. They wanted some clarification. And, and he goes in and, and discusses uh, Julio getting the contract extension, making him the highest paid wide receiver in the league back in 2019. And he still wasn't happy with things. And the way things broke down, he ends up being traded to the Tennessee Titans. And you see the quote at the bottom. He just wasn't, look, he gave us 10 great years. He's going to be a Hall of Fame player. He was a good teammate for all that period of time. But his ability or willingness to practice the way that he did early in his career was different. That's really the only negative thing that Arthur Blank would say about Julio Jones is that he wasn't practicing. Um, which, I mean, that when he's available... He was putting up production on Sunday, and if the biggest gripe and complaint that you have about a player is that he wasn't practicing during the week and he wasn't available for you in the practice field, there's not much meat on the bone there to be worried about from a future Pro Football Hall of Famer. He doesn't understand why Julio Jones is out on Atlanta, 
and he feels like he deserves a better explanation. But at this point, he sounds like a spurned lover yeah. uh, or an upset puppy. I, I mean, look, I understand he's asked the question and he's being forthright with Schultz, which is fine. It's been a long time now, though, and it's, it's the third time he's commented on it. And at this point, frankly, you're not supposed to talk too much about somebody else's player any anymore. I'd say you got to swallow it now, Arthur, and just be done with it. Maybe you run into Julio Jones at some point after some time has passed, and you can kind of resolve it for yourself. This is commonplace when a when a when a longtime player for a franchise leaves. It's never pretty, and then you patch it up later when you put the guy in the Ring of Honor and when he gets into the Hall of Fame and things Unless like you're Calvin that. Calvin Johnson, a guy of his caliber. <laughs> Unless you're Calvin Johnson, and, and then sometimes it just never gets fixed. True. Let me steal the obvious line from uh, Allen Iverson and say practice. We're talking about practice here. Is what we're talking about. Julio Jones is an all-time Falcon great when he played in Atlanta. So uh, it's weird to me that you know, Arthur Blank has some serious objection to his lack of practice ethic uh, late in his career when he was battling injuries also. Now I'll turn that into Julio Jones the Titans and say, I'm also concerned about practice and the fact that he hasn't practiced with his new team. So maybe Arthur Blank is onto something here about his availability as a player at this point in his career. But I also laugh at him objecting to his practice well, I think you, reg- regiment changing as the as his career went on. For year eleven, he was great. You're going to be, yeah, I mean, you're going to be very generous with days off and time management, and and, and health management throughout the season anyway. So, uh, like the you Titans want Julio traded Jones for available him. on Sunday. I don't think Julio Jones is coming to the Titans, and the Titans expect him to practice Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. No, they don't. I and mean, there's another team that was very interested in Julio Jones. I talked to Peter King about this. He wrote about the team anonymously. He told me when I was chatting with him who it was, but uh, that was very into Julio Jones until they said, hey, it's pretty important to us that he practice on a regular basis, and the, the deal kind of turned south there. And I can understand, look, that the Julio Jones uh, deal for Atlanta was primarily about the cap, but also you have a new coach coming in. Look, that practice thing is different for different teams. Right. For Mike Vrabel, a former player with a veteran team that's got big expectations, it's not that big a deal once Julio Jones is on the same page with Ryan Tannehill that Julio Jones not practice all the time. For Arthur Smith, a new coach coming in trying to set a tone for a team to have one of your linchpin guys who's unable to practice all of the time, it's a different deal. I can understand that. It, it's a bigger deal. For Dan Quinn, it was less of a, it should have been less of a deal. Um, but in different, for different teams, it's different. It's a big deal if you're Urban Meyer and you're trying to bring a college-type system to the NFL. I, I don't think it has to be a big deal. Let's just say that Julio Jones stays in Atlanta. If Arthur Smith gets there and there's some young guy you think it's a bad example that Julio Jones isn't practicing on Wednesday and Thursday but is balling out on Sundays – if Arthur Smith senses that, it's pretty easy to go to him and say, you know, play 11 years in the league at his level, and you can have Wednesday and Thursday off too. That's, that's the lesson that I want to set with this organization. You hang around and put up this level of productivity for that long, then you're going to have maintenance days as you get up in your career also. There are, however, two different ways to not practice. And Julio Jones, the thing is, the contract that he got... The Hold on, go through the two different ways. 
Well, you cannot practice and be upbeat and out there and encouraging the people who are practice, or you cannot practice and be bad-mouthing the things that are going on at practice and hanging your head and be a grump yeah. about it. Yeah. You can influence the team two different ways while you're not practicing. And the tone of this stuff suggests to me that Julio Jones was the latter in some way and a bad influence well, or a even, bad presence. Yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, Arthur Blank even mentioned in the piece, in one of his answers, he said, like, I don't think the players would actually speak to this, but privately they would tell you that they're, they're, he was disgruntled with the organization after signing the contract extension where he was given $64 million This guaranteed. is where it went bad with that contract, right? You need a contract all the time, but particularly with a veteran guy like that who feels like he needs a contract adjustment that the team really didn't feel like he deserved. But if you get to the point and the team says, okay, we'll do something, and you do it, you need what? You need both sides to feel like it was a win. And what happened with this contract was both sides felt like it was a loss. And from there, it was Which is very unusual going south. Because this is a contract that made him at the time in 2019 the, the highest paid wide receiver in NFL history. And he still wasn't happy. He yeah. felt like it should have been bigger. And I think it's not unreasonable yeah. that the Falcons felt like, hey, we didn't want to do anything. And we came to you and gave you this thing that gave you the ability to say you're the highest paid guy in NFL history at the position. That's pretty damn, we sweeten the pot for you. Let's go. Let's, let's be done with this. And he was still, he signed the damn thing and he was disgruntled. Yeah, it, it said the relationship was not the same after he signed the contract. So he's is, not without is, fault. No, of course not. But, but to only point to the practice element of it, uh, there, there's a lot more yeah. churning underneath the surface, right, That w with this that he's hinting at. And I'm sure Julio knows exactly what he's talking about when he mentions certain things and players within the organization and those around the organization that are still there know exactly what they're talking about. But he's, he's not forthright in every detail of why this relationship went south. Hey, also, while we're on, go to ahead, be finish. fair with Julio Jones, though, I also think that everyone in a Falcons uniform or in that front office had a problem being in Atlanta after 28 to 3 happened. Yes. Uh, no, the whole I don't think anyone that was crumbled. a part of that was the whole organization crumbled. to be a part of everything over there after that happened. The organization did was, not that recover was the from turning that. Point. It was a nosedive, everything not, went not down. safe. And Julio Jones probably just voiced that. While we're on Julio Jones, and uh, I'll bring in A.J. Brown. Um, you know, so the Titans have shifted out of training camp mode and shifted into regular season mode. So there's kind of a media tent that was set up for... Uh, training camp mode where we could work for a little while after that's going away. So it's not for our use anymore, but it's still there. And we also have a media porch. And so over the last few days while we've been out there, it coincides with the Titans lunch. And Julio Jones and AJ Brown have come out several days in a row. Lunch still seems to operate that they get a packaged lunch. I'm sure they have a choice. You know, you can get the salmon or the salad or whatever. But every guy gets his lunch to go back to his locker or wherever to eat. Seems like, especially since the COVID outbreak, they're not eating in the cafeteria. And so Julio and AJ have come out every day together to have lunch. And they seem, you know, AJ is the much more outspoken of the two. But they're having a big conversation and they're having a big time. They're laughing and, and having a good time. So you know how much A.J. wanted Julio Jones, who was his yeah. uh, idol coming into the league. You know how much he wanted him here. 
Here's just an example of what AJ's getting out of this and how much time they're spending together. Here's maybe 45 minutes in the middle of their day where they can kind of go off on their own or do whatever, and they're choosing to spend even more time together when they're in meetings all day together as receivers and they're at practice together all day. They're in the training room probably together all day. And given that 45 minutes, they're saying, hey, let's do this together too. Coming up, primary complaint. We're going to hit some college football headlines a bit later in the show. John McClain will join us in 20 minutes. We'll hit NFL headlines, including Cam Newton and potentially a uh, next landing spot. There are two teams uh, being mentioned for Cam right now after Washington has said that they're not interested and bringing in Cam Newton. So, Neither one is Bishop Sycamore, correct? Uh, Bishop Other Sycamore two? is not They're listed. Out. Okay, the memes were out of probably, control yesterday. So predictable. We, we, could, uh, good we could probably include them if we want. Um, because, you know, they're, they're wanting their name mentioned in every store. Well, he's they not scheduled now because everyone's canceled on them. They have no more football games <laughs> scheduled this year. So He's not too old. They need some games. Primary complaint, though, next on OutKick 360. Hang with us. OutKick 360 across the OutKick network. And if you're watching on YouTube, we hope you'll subscribe. If you are watching on Twitter slash Periscope, retweet the link for us. We appreciate that. And if you're listening on podcast, spread the word. You can download OutKick 360 each and every day, immediately following the show, wherever you download your podcast. Each and every Wednesday, uh, if you're new to the show because of the new time change, each and every Wednesday we air our top grievance of the week. Paul, this goes back to something that you did even at the Tennessean uh, years, of, years ago. Years ago. Uh, I left the Tennessean in 2008, so I was doing it. In and this the, was a column that you would write? Yeah, it was a non-sports column where I... Uh, offered primary complaint. I think I was doing it weekly, maybe a couple times a week. I certainly had enough fodder based on uh, <laughs> my contempt for so many things. And uh, it brought it to, to our show when we started. It was weekly from the start. And we've never run out of material. We have done Go this figure. every week for a decade. You can join us. 360 at outkick.com is the email address. That's how you can submit your primary complaint. Uh, Stephen Brown sent his in. We'll get to his momentarily. Uh, we haven't heard this yet. I forwarded this to Jacob, so I'm eager to hear this. Um, we'll give ours to begin. And again, next week, you can join in on the fun as well and air your top grievance of the week with us, 360 at outkick.com. Let's get it going. My primary complaint this week uh, involves Titans fans, um, some Titans media, quite frankly. And uh, this goes not just for the Titans fans and Titans media, but I think most fan bases come up with excuses whenever a draft pick does not pan out. Um, not the majority, but some, the vocal minority here. And, and that's my primary complaint this week regarding Des Fitzpatrick being cut by the Tennessee Titans. Um, saying that it's not overly, it's not critical for them to hit on a fourth round wide receiver. Many people uh, tweeting in saying, Hutton, it's 50-50 at best that the, that the draft pick is going to pan out. Look, it's, it, the issue is, is not that a fourth round pick did not pan out. It's that the fourth round pick that they traded up to select on May 1st, they cut by September 1st. One month in padded practices, three preseason games, and they put him on waivers for 31 other teams to possibly claim. And you say, oh, but, oh, they signed him back to the practice squad. It was all part of a plan. Okay, great. So the Titans 
have their draft pick, their fourth rounder that they traded up for, who they waived and said, 31 other teams have at it. We don't think you're going to claim him because he sucks, but go ahead and have at it because we're going to sign him back to, your, to our practice squad after no one across the league even wanted to take a look at him. That's the issue with cutting the fourth round pick. Just call it what it is. It's a bad selection for a trade up for a player that did not fit the mold or the values that they require to play the position on this roster. That's my primary complaint. My primary complaint is parking in downtown Nashville, and I imagine in downtown anywhere with a couple of skyscrapers. It is just ridiculous, and uh, I advise you, do not fall for scanning their QR code that they have out there and letting them inside your phone. Because you let them inside your phone, they know where your car is, and guess what? If you stay one minute, one minute past the time that you paid for, you get a ticket, and the ticket is one of the most punitive things ever. I paid $8 recently to park, $8. I missed my time by eight minutes. In exchange for that, a $50 ticket. That's just, I mean, that's more punitive than almost anything I can imagine as a guy who hasn't spent time in jail. <laughs> I, I, it's just ridiculous what they do. I have a nice rate here downtown, and now I have a machine that won't accept my credit card. I put it two credit cards in five times each, and I get this message. The card is denied. I thought, oh crap, is my credit card in trouble? I come in, Jacob says his card is denied. Everybody's card's denied. Somebody got lucky, their card wasn't denied. So what do I do? I have to move to another lot, scan this damn thing, and now they know every minute I'm in their lot or not in their lot. It's criminal. And not to make you scared, Paul, but where does that knowledge of where your car is end <laughs> would be my question with these companies. Here's my primary complaint. Um, car line etiquette. And the complaint for me is about myself because I don't know what it is. Uh, every single time, it's a complete guessing game when I either drop my six-year-old off at school or pick her up. And all I'm doing, I'm like the... Uh, I'm like the diligent elementary school kid again that just follows the person in front of you in line. And if they go to the wrong place, they go in the wrong door for library or lunch, I'm following them right in there. I am at the mercy of the car in front of me and what they are doing because I don't know what the heck to do. This morning, dropping my child off, her car seat is in the back passenger side on the right side. I am in the left line of a car line. The car in front of me, the woman driving, the mother driving the car, opens her car door. I mistaken that as she's opening her child's door or the child is opening the door, so I tell my six-year-old to get out of the car. Big mistake, Chad, because the right <laughs> lane is moving, and my child is opening her door up into the right lane and hopping out of the car. The way the car line moms reacted to this and stopping my child and getting on to me, you would have thought that I somehow tapped in the codes to the nuclear football and that everything was about to go wrong because of this. Thankfully, Evie, my daughter, is completely fine. She just went around the back of the car, walked right into school, no problem. But the fact that I still can't quite grasp what to do in car line because it seemingly changes every day and I'm completely at the mercy of what the car right in front of me is doing. I don't know if I'm in front of the line where they're supposed to get out behind it. If that car door opens up, my child is getting out of the car, even if there's oncoming traffic on the other side. 
That's a primary complaint, and it's about me. Call DCS or uh, child services? I mean, all you can do is, sorry, sorry, that's on me. And you could tell the other moms are just glaring at me. Like, what in the hell is this guy soon, doing? Soon Look at Evie, this stay-at-home father. Soon well, Evie, also, Evie will so, know. I'm so paranoid that I'm going to be the one, my daughter's dilly-dallying, and we're like getting honked at to move because she's getting her lunchbox and everything. So once I see anything open in front of me, I am, Evie, get out, go. Get GTFO out now. I'm throwing her a backpack, and, a, and she's like in total panic mode trying to get around. Well, there's cars moving on the other side that I did not see. I have some of this, but I think soon she'll know the whole system and then you won't have to worry about anything. She'll know, no, dad, it works like this. Well, she gets on to me about certain things like that. She'll kind of look at me like, daddy, you you, you know. Are you fortunate that they didn't hit your car door? As they drove I mean, by. They were, there was enough separation. It wasn't that dire like the lady made it out to be. And she had plenty of room. And the cars are going, you know. Two miles an hour. I, I, I bet if Evie got hit, she'd been fine. <laughs> I'm not wishing on that, but like, she probably just would have bounced off. She's really quick. So she would have kind of rolled like off. Like the Pedal of, Tavern guy yeah, down I mean, here on no Broadway. No one's flying through that. We're in a, first off, uh, the tornado hit the campus. So we're in a gravel lot. You know, no one's going very fast over gravel. It's not like, you know, we're in the Audubon dropping kids off for elementary school. I could fly through that or anything. gravel. It's not that fast. But yeah, fly through that gravel, just kick her out on the move. Teach her speed. <laughs> it's, it's a daily adventure, and I just always hope that whoever's right in front of me knows what they're doing, does and your I'm wife, following their lead. Does your wife know you're struggling with this as badly she as you She does now. Are? She struggles with it, honestly, because she's always asking me. She'll get there for pickup, and she's trying to figure out the perfect time to arrive. Because there are parents that There's get there no 30 minutes time. early for pickup, and they're up front. But sometimes, because the way it moves, if you get there a minute or two late, you're actually quicker to go through the line because it's already moving. And then if you get there seven minutes early, it's the worst time to get there because you're way backed up. There's a real formula to it. There really is. And I have not mastered (laughs) the touch of that formula. Coming up, you just fake it till you make it, Chad. That's that's my whole life. Yeah. Literally what I've Before done. Before they realize life. you don't know, know how to go through We've the car. I shouldn't line. be on You'll this show right now. I don't know what the hell we, I'm doing. We know. I'm just following your lead. I'm we just know. a master actor. I don't know why I just thought of this, but I'm Didn't imagining you know. Jakob Swanson going through a carpool line at school <laughs> for some reason. I don't think that is. Do you have well a nephew either. or a niece for that job or do that we need a well <laughs> state? No state would allow Jakob to be. Are you wearing a Bonnaroo shirt? Oh, uh, Bongzilla. Bongzilla. Yeah. I'm Bonzilla. like, are you trolling all Bonzilla fans? Bonnaroo's right been canceled, but Bonzilla happened. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Bongzilla will play on the side of Bonnaroo. <laughs> Floods be damned. They will take that venue by storm if, if necessary. They're and Jacob will be the first one there. He'll be floating on a raft, jamming out to Bongzilla if he has to. Jacob, step over here in front of the camera and show everyone off uh, this Bongzilla sure. shirt if you don't mind. Yeah, we're going to do Come wonders for their sales. People yeah. are going to be Googling this. There you go. We will receive you now. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> Bongzilla, uh, the shirt from the uh, epic band in Wisconsin over the weekend. If Nintendo, they're known had, as the new Led uh, Zeppelin. Well if Nintendo had adult <laughs> gaming back in the day, yeah. that would be the big villain at the end of the Mario Brothers adult game. <laughs> you get to the end, and instead of facing whatever that other dragon is, uh, what you is have to it, take uh, a hit out of Bongzilla. King Koopa, yeah. I think, was the big villain. It's Bongzilla, is what you get to in the end. It's uh, a colorful shirt. Hey, uh, shout out to, uh, to Jacob for showing off the shirt. Also, to Stephen Brown, who sends in this primary complaint, 360 at outkick.com. In light of Saturday night, I'm going to go to the primary complaint gift that keeps on giving, Nissan Stadium. No, it is not with their gross incompetence and utter inability to get people into the stadium. It's with their bag policy. No, it's not because they have one. It's because of the reason why they have one. 
My wife's clutch is well under the size of the bag policy. The oversized index card on steroids that they use to check <laughs> bags and ladies' purses, my wife's clutch was smaller than. They still refused to let her in unless she wanted to buy a clear bag from them or go over to gate one and pay $10 and they would let her in with her clutch. <laughs> These jackasses don't give a damn about your security. They only care about monetizing every single aspect of going to the stadium. That is my primary complaint. Boys, I root for two teams, three teams in my life now. New York Yankees, U.S. soccer, Chelsea. U.S. soccer, in a game with consequences, plays at Nissan Stadium on Sunday night at 7 o'clock. I've told everyone in my party of six we will be eating a gigantic feast before we go. Yeah. I'm thinking Brazilian steakhouse. No concessions. To no. avoid concessions as much as possible. I have uh, three boys, like 13, 11, and maybe eight. Eight-year-old's a little bit of a concern. Um, we will be arriving at six. Brazilian steakhouse for the eight-year-old? He'll eat steak. Uh, <laughs> trying, trying to get, I'm sure there's a kid's meal. Trying to get there at six, <laughs> right? Six o'clock, give myself an hour to get in. Pulisic is not playing tomorrow night in El Salvador, which I think would guarantee he's playing in this game against Canada, a game that we should win. Okay, this is exciting. My team coming to my town. And what are my emotions right now? I am filled with damn dread because I don't know that I'm going to get in the building. I don't know that a thirsty kid next to me is going to be able to get a sip of water. I don't know. I don't know any of these things. Pulisic could be out there scoring a hat trick and I could be standing in the parking lot. I'm filled with dread. I'd rather go to the Bronx, risk my life to see the Yankees. Because you know what? They'll let me in. <laughs> I mean, if you want to know what it's like to live in El Salvador, just go to Nissan Stadium <laughs> on Sunday night because it's very similar circumstances that you're going to be in yeah. waiting in line. I, I'd rather fly down to El Salvador and Honduras for the other two you games. What's better, the El, El Salvadoran? <laughs> is it El Salvadorian? I went to a game in El Salvadoran, Chile. El Salvadoran customer service, stadium relations and getting in. Here's it's probably come one, come all there. There's no clear bag policy. Well, I went to a game Bring in your Ch mallets, please. Come I in, saw whatever the, you want. I saw the Chilean national team play in a game of similar consequence, World Cup qualifier. Now, I will say the cement seats were less comfortable, but I don't remember having a problem getting in. <laughs> Sir, are those nunchucks? Yeah, come on, come on. please. Bring People sat Bring your straddling. Players. You know, they have a fence around the field. <laughs> Is that a missile players. launcher? They oh, a, yeah, that'll be good halftime entertainment. Bring they, it. They have a fence around the field. Like it's smaller than this index card. Come on. <laughs> prevent, prevent people from going on the field. And some people took in the game oh. <laughs> straddling that fence. You know, one leg like over the fence, one leg so, in the stands. Here's that one was thing a little to consider, scary. And this is the, like this. This is a nightmare scenario for anyone trying to uh, come up with new policy at Nissan Stadium. <laughs> Imagine what we saw. This is a preseason game where they won't even open up the gates. Right? They they claim because of the weather. Did it even rain? Did it even rain? No, uh, it might have um, sprinkled a little bit. There was a lightning delay an hour and a half before, but that's the reason why people out there 45 minutes before the kickoff of a preseason game for 35,000 in attendance couldn't get in in time. Um, imagine Nissan Stadium coming up with a, va a vaccination policy like we're seeing in New Orleans. Well, we had to show a card. And imagine oh, the people manning the gates trying to, to, trying to figure out 
how to let people in based on proof of vaccination. I mean, there is no way it, the Nissan Stadium employees and uh, the game day operations make that smooth at, in any way possible. Hey, you it guys is want to have a nightmare contest? disaster. Let's have a contest with people uh, listening to the show. Will my ticket taker be from Atlanta or Columbus? It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> a good game. Atlanta or Columbus, we meet people I'll, and just guess where it. they're from. Listen, I'm only <laughs> half kidding, but I think it would be wise for the Tennessee Titans to escort my party of six into the building through the tunnel underneath. Well, also, and it would save them some grief on Also Monday. wise to go ahead and set up every gate with the same technology. Now that you've had a year and a half to prepare for the next the stadium opening. Well, can they get employees? I think they're going to ship some in from employees Charlotte. Employees aren't the problem. There are employees Charlotte standing around. I mean, you got there are photos of employees standing around they're after the lightning delay because only two gates are open. They have nowhere to go. Well, they're, they're, untrained. they're untrained. Yeah, look, this, they're untrained on metal detectors. This week, the excuse was employees aren't willing to work. There's always an excuse. Next week, the excuse is going to be a lightning strike in Clarksville that caused the magnamometers, <laughs> whatever they're called. The meat freezers are locked. Uh, the metal detectors are going to go out for some reason. Some... Uh, uh, force of nature, act of God is going to cause everything thought, to go wrong. We thought soccer fans were vegans. <laughs> they literally have a checklist. Uh, Titan Stadium really has a checklist of, uh, okay, so hold on. We used this excuse in 2009. Right. Let's go Can back we to that. We haven't used that in a while. Let's yeah, go back to the top we got a filing card cabinet. Um, soccer by the fans way, are vegans. That'd be good. Lebowski no in our, our YouTube chat said, <laughs> Paul's about to order a child's cheese pizza at Rodizio. <laughs> <laughs> Which I could not hold back laughter when That's I read that. Uh, child Can, cheese, speaking please. of a difficult venue to check vaccination and make it go smoothly, the one school in the SEC right now that's requiring proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test is LSU. Yeah. Can you imagine 95,000 drunk Cajuns trying to get into that stadium? Right I, before kickoff, the, the biggest tailgaters of the SEC Chad, I'm trying that want to stay in, back to their target as long as possible, Nashvillians. trying to get in. 35,000 Nashvillians oh, can't get in here. But, I mean, that's all on Nissan Stadium. I'm saying from just, I don't know how anyone works that. <laughs> like if you're talking about the drunken setup at LSU games and then having people try to decipher who's vaccinated and who's not when they're all trying to stream through the gates at the same time, it, that's an impossibility. I joke about this all the time. The number one thing they should do on renovations to Nissan Stadium is turn the entire outside into a gate. Every point outside, there should be no brick facade, no cement facade. It should all be gate. The, but the lack of gates is not the issue at that stadium. They don't have people. They have the plenty gate. of gates. They're just not open. And, and it's, it's the, the workers are not the issue. Those people that are showing up trying to get you know, an extra $68 on a Sunday are not the problem. It's the people up top making policy and only opening up so many gates because of the technology available and every excuse under the, under the sun for that particular day. And it's just rinse and repeat. Every single, every single year at this time, we're complaining about game day operations. Yeah, they might have 200 people at a gate, but none of them are trained on how to use on, the... Me, how to use the... Let me go back. Let's see here. We have not... Uh, <laughs> we've not gone to excuse number 17 in a while. That happened back in 2005. Let's go back to that one. Let's say that it was a wind issue that forced the gates to lock and we couldn't open them back up. And that's Stop why we, people couldn't go through the turnstile. It was a wind issue. That, that's excuse number 17. And then let's go down the list. You guys know. I, I mean, first off, if the U.S. somehow loses this game, I will be absolutely miserable on Monday. 
But so, if I go to this game and I have a, a bad experience, uh, you remember last time I went and I had yeah. a bad experience and it yeah. set me off. So There'll be more people at this game than the preseason game. Hutton, we are going to go to a game tomorrow in Knoxville at a stadium that is celebrating its 100th year as a stadium. We are going to walk into the <laughs> south end zone of that stadium gate to go to our seats in section Q where we will be. That section of the stadium that we're walking into, I once had a class in, that is every bit of 100 years old. They didn't have you're going to look around, you're going to say, how is this stadium standing when you look at that end zone, the bricks that are holding it up in that spot? And we will have little to no problem walking in with probably eighty to 85,000 more people into that gate. Uh, uh, and somehow, for 35,000 people at a preseason game, they can't figure it out at uh, Nissan Stadium. Let's backpedal a little bit here. They didn't, didn't have a classroom available for you guys, so you had class in the there stadium? Were cl- when I, was, I don't know if it's still the case, but when I was in school, we had classes in Neyland Stadium. Neyland Stadium, because... Paul, in the beginning, was a dorm. The end zone was The beginning a dorm. was 100 years ago. Right, but they had dorms yeah. in there. You went to school about uh, 15 years ago? Yeah, I'll also say, are there not old buildings on, at Columbia? Oh, yeah, very old. Okay. Older than the nation itself. Yeah, yeah. well, there you go. Yeah. You, you got to keep some around. I'm sure you had some classes Yes, but in they have buildings. roofs and doorways. Well, no, they have. These did, too. They, these all, I was in a, you would not know that it was anything other than a normal classroom on the inside. Oh, okay. It's built into the brick of the you're stadium. Not, I'm picturing you're, you're sitting, sitting in, in a stadium. No, 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 no. no, no. no. Like, as part uh, of the uh, Tennessee experience, Mr. Withrow, everybody gets yard line, please, and answer this question about Get a three-point or two-point, whichever you're more comfortable. <laughs> it, it was a, it was an American it was an American lit class. They're asking Chad, go to the toilet and assume the position. Chad, please. what we want you to do is try to get a coke in it's the time class. that this class takes, and we'll see. Do you think people at Vanderbilt should have some classes over at Nissan Stadium? <laughs> We'll see if you can get a chicken sandwich before this class is over. Can you get into class on time? Chad, before you start reading chapter two of this Poe novel, please run to the goalpost and back and then start. No, we were in a classroom. Promise. Terrific. Hutton will see him. I'll give him the full tour tomorrow. Yeah. I'll walk right past my own classroom if you'd like. This is beautiful. I'm getting all teary-eyed. Sentimental. Coming up, John McClain joins us. Time to talk NFL headlines. Well, I bet John McClain's been to a classroom in a stadium at some point in his life. Oh, several. Yeah. And if not Bongzilla, I know another band that could play oh. uh, at, uh, at Bonnaroo since it's canceled. John McClain's high school band. we got to get that band up band. here <laughs> That's right. next week. Just coming in also, John McClain lets us know that he actually has a mixtape of Dad's Acid also that he plays just to get ready for the That day. gets passed around. NFL right? headlines with John McClain next on Outkick 360. Hey, it's Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for listening to Outkick 360. Be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day. And give us five stars. It helps us grow our network and provide you with more great podcasts like this one.